Yeah, let's go. All right. Our first guest ever oh. on Wong Talks. Here we go. He is Milan Lucic, Ryan Reeves, Michael Ferlin, and Zach Cassian. Keep the chain. <laughs> Who's heard of them? We've got Curtis Gabriel. He's played six years. Pro hockey. And, uh, paid, baby. Paid to play. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, first one. It's going to be some bumps. There's going to be some. Uh, oh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit we'll of double get, take. We'll get, through there. we'll get through there. Especially you two in the same mic. Just try to really talk at the same one at a time because it can't. It cuts out a bit. But let's, let's have a good time, boys. It'll be fun. Fucking right. Absolutely. So, Austin, you want to shoot your questions first? Uh, sure, I'll do my first question. Um, honestly, to start it off with, we got a lot of um, our viewers are kind of ranged in between um, Adam's dad all the way <laughs> down to like guys like in Pee Wee and Bantam and stuff like that. So, um, like, is there anything for those guys that are trying to come up to the next level or trying to exceed and do better? Um, do you have like any pointers or tips of how to get to the, into that next level? As far as hockey? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what I have been telling a lot of people recently, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not like any, I've, I've played a lot and I want to do more, but I still think I'm in the age where I can kind of mentor guys and younger guys. Um, so I get asked that a lot and basically it comes down to what would I tell my younger self? Um, because I can only speak for myself. Like I'm a hockey nut. Like I'm upset. Uh -huh. I don't know what level you guys are or whoever's listening. I don't know what level they are, but I would just say like, no matter if you like, you like hockey, love hockey, figure out if you love it as a passion, yeah. because if it's too hard of a yeah. thing to do if you don't love it. Like it's even for me, it's really hard sometimes. Um, but I would, I would say just generally, if, if the hockey's your thing, then just run right at it and like immerse yourself in that. If that's what you want to do, um, the hockey world's very small. So if you want to run at it as a player, get as far as you can. Who knows? It might take you to other avenues after hockey. But if you're a player, immerse yourself in the game. Like the tools that we have now available to us are crazy. Those green biscuits, I have a whole bunch of them. They slide like um, like crazy on yeah. smooth parking lots, you know? Like I'm in this quarantine for the last seven weeks, eight weeks, all I've done is stick handled every day almost with my head up to, to, to work on my game of, having the puck on my stick with my head up and checking my shoulder and counting streetcars, counting license, reading license plates, whatever. Like you got to immerse yourself in the game and figure out what you're good at and what you're not good at, how to maximize your strengths, how to amplify your weaknesses. So that's what I try to do. I'm a tough guy enforcer that's trying to adapt my game to the modern game. So you just got to identify what you're good at, maximize it, weaknesses, work on it. And, and don't be afraid to get uncomfortable working on those weaknesses. You know, it sucks. Mm -hmm. That's the best things that you're going to see improvement on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big time. Like, if you don't love the game, then why are you even doing it? I mean, that's everything in life. Otherwise, you won't you won't love life very much. Exactly. But. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Long talks covers everything. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll ask you a question then. What level are you guys all at? Like, what do you guys play hockey? Uh, me and Austin do. Chad plays more basketball. Uh, so great. Yeah, I play. Uh, I'm playing prep school basketball. Play college, so in Alberta because we're all from Alberta, eh? So okay, oh, okay, all right, yes. that makes yeah. sense now. Yeah, yeah. So we're all from Alberta, so they play hockey. I play basketball, but in our community, it's mostly hockey. Like 
there's a couple guys that have played in the NHL from or play in the AHL right now. Evan Cole, I play for the uh, St. Louis. Where in Alberta? Twins, um, probably. 40, 45 south of Edmonton. Okay, okay. Smack dab between Red Deer and Edmonton. Got yeah. Red Deer, bud. Rick from Red Deer. That's Rick, you. Yeah, Rick, Rick from Red Deer. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uncle, actually, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, you as a basketball player, if you want to get better, all it takes oh, is yeah. a ball. Like, all you got to do is just dribble. Like, I have a buddy who's uh, ended up playing some, uh, like, semi-pro basketball that he's, like, 5'10". But he's worked on his vert. Now he can do like windmill dunks. Like he couldn't do that when I was in high school with him. And now he can jump through the roof. So he's done all those yeah. Vertimax trainings, like all those programs to improve his hops. He just lives with a basketball. Anywhere he goes, he's got a basketball. Like it's not hard. Like if you love the game, oh, just right. yeah, literally right. work at it day and night. Like that's literally all I do. Like if I'm not training, it's because I need to actually rest because I've exhausted my body for the day that I can't do anything more. Like obviously I could do more, but I'm trying to work yeah. smart. You know what I mean? I try to get to a certain level every day. Then I rest, I eat well, I think about it all day, what I'm going to do the next day, and then I grind on something else, some other passion to get my mind off hockey, which is like my social media, my activism. So you got to have a good balance. That's one thing, too. I, I went way too hard the one way of hockey. Like, I went I went too hard with hockey at times, and that's not good. you got to have a good balance. Yeah, yeah you got to have a you have a, have a life after hockey, too, right? Yes. So kind of backpacking on to your working hard thing, do you like what do you do with your body usually? Do you keep it light or do you go heavy or like what's your regimen for working out? I've tried everything because uh, I had I needed to try to find an edge. So I'm six, just under six four. I've played at everything from you know two twenty seven and eleven and a half body percent body fat to two oh one and six and a half percent body fat. And what I've found is that my best is you know two thirteen to two seventeen eight to eight and a half percent body fat kind of in the middle where I have a little fat on me where my energy and my endurance is good and my, I don't get injured as much, but I'm also not lugging around too much extra weight. So uh, the game's built on speed now. So for me, I'm actually really happy because finally for the first time I'm at the point where I don't have to gain muscle and gain weight. Like, yeah. I just need to get stronger for my size. You guys still need to do all that stuff, right? So uh, it's really nice that way. I still have to eat like a freaking horse. Like if you guys follow my social media, that's uh, all I do is eat. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like skinny body type. I don't have the widest shoulders in the world. So I've worked really hard to put the muscle mass on I have, and I'm just trying to maintain it and get stronger for the size that I am now. And then I just try to pound the skills. Cause that's, that's the only thing that really matters. Like you guys are Alberta boys. What do you get told growing up? Heart, grit, body checks, physical, yeah. In the corners. <laughs> right, like, like, like that's what I was taught. And I didn't, I didn't, if I was taught the skill at a young age with that, like there's a time and place to work hard and compete, but the skill and the fundamentals is what matters more. If I had that at the ages McDavid was doing and stuff, who knows how good I could be, but I don't. Right. So I'm not worrying about that. I'm grinding it now and I have a growth mindset. So I truly believe if I put the time in and the reps in and I wrap my head around it and I think about it nonstop, I'm going to get better at it. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Matter. So um, that's how I approach my body. Okay. So shifting kind of like into hockey, maybe like the younger years, peewee, bantam. So how good is hockey in Ontario? Cause obviously in Alberta, it's fairly good, you know, travel teams travel everywhere and such. So did you have to play up? Did you have to play down? Like what was the, what was the deal when you were a kid growing up? 
I mean, two of the four, I guess, top players ever from Ontario, bud. So you got Gordy. You guys got Gordy out west, and then Quebec's got Lemieux, but we got Orr and Gretzky. So yeah. clearly we got the best hockey True. Oh. Um, we got the most people, so it makes sense. But, uh, no, the, I wouldn't honestly know because I didn't play at the highest level growing up. I played uh, everything from select, single A to double A. I couldn't make the triple A team. They're called the York Simcoe Express. They're a fucking legendary team. Mm-hmm. So they played, the team was the same when they were 10 years old to when they got drafted. They're all nasty. Like, yeah. Down yeah. Guys. So I couldn't make that team. Uh, so I just played Newmarket Redmond, double A. I was the captain of my double A team in, in uh, minor midget. My OHL draft year. Nobody knew who the fuck I was. <laughs> and, uh, I just had the most fun ever playing hockey. Like I just, I was like a scorer that hit sometimes, but I was just having fun. And it's one of my buddies I grew up with. And, um, it's kind of weird how it happened. I just fell into playing uh, high level hockey. My mom was like, there's a local tier two team. So like junior A, I don't know what that is. Yeah. For you against AJ, yeah, AJ. 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 which is way better out there. Cause you guys can fight still in here. It's stupid. You can't, but, uh, uh, we we're like, you know, my mom's my mom said these couple guys on my team were trying out for the New Market Hurricanes. It was a fifty dollars to try out. She's like, they're trying out. You should try out. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. Like, I guess you're just gonna play major midget next year. We didn't really think about it. I was like, yeah. I just thought I was just gonna play major midget double A. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. like, all right, let's go try out. And I did. And they were like, who the hell are you? Where did you come from? And they're like, we can't sign you. You just played minor midget double A. Like, yeah. yeah. So they said, go play major midget AAA in Markham a couple towns over. So I had to go grind for a year with that. <clears throat> my mom had to drive me late and all this stuff. You know, she's a teacher and my brother tag along and whatever. It's tough. But coach told me, he's like, hey, you want to play at a higher level, you got to start being physical. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna be a scorer, that's for sure. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe I'll try to figure this out. Started hitting more. I was like, all right. I'm kind of an intense guy by nature. I don't fight. I don't street fight off the ice. I don't do anything crazy but I mean when we're on the ice and we're allowed I'll get a little crazy Uh, I started hitting more and I was like all right it's not bad and then um I went back to that same trial the next year the hurricanes and I trained for the first time in the summer grinded hit the weights the first time and I went to that camp and I like played really well like I was running people over I was scoring and I got signed a contract to that team and I was just like my mom was like crying it's like wow I I got she's a teacher she's like oh I gotta get a chance to maybe get a scholarship in four years right Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck, this is it. This is great. That's all I want. I didn't even know this could happen. And uh, so I get back to training and then they're like, the Hurricanes are like, go, go skate at this junior C skate in uh, Georgina. It's uh, their affiliate. And I'm like, okay. I end up going to skate there for a summer skates because it's free, but it's, it's literally their tryout. So it's like the competition level is like max. And I, I played against this other guy named Curtis, Curtis with a C growing up. And he was like the best player on Georgina. And I was one of the better players on our team. And we've just battled. And finally, we had no, like, we could fight now. So I was like, buddy. And we went at it. I, mean, <laughs> I think I busted his nose. It was my second fight. I lost my first fight ever pretty bad. But I, I busted that guy's nose, and I scored, like, three goals, and I was just running around. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and this OHL scout just happened to be there, not, not scouting, watching his friend's son play, Joel Hanley, who ended up playing a bit in the NHL. He's still a really good player. And he, I get off the ice, and I'm, like, fired up still. I'm still beaking the guy. I'm, like, fucking dominated. I'm feeling good. And my mom's not even there. She's coming back to pick me up. And this guy walks up to me. He's like, hey, you want to try out for the OHL? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That seemed like the NHL. Like, I literally didn't yeah. even know what the OHL was because it wasn't even – it didn't seem – In your mind? Yeah. So I'm like, no. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I can't play there. I just made – I just sneaked on a junior A team. <laughs> and little did I know, it's my NHL drafter. I don't know what's going on. I have no right. clue. 
Um, so then I get, my mom comes and picks me up and I'm driving for the first time. I'm like 16, like, you know, they get pulled over by a ride program. A firefighter's like, Hey, how's your night going? We're like, we just got asked to try out in the OHL. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> we, just, we just go home and don't think about it. The next I have a private lesson set up at NTR. My mom shelled the money for that and teacher and I'm making a ton of money, but he, he calls us up and he comes like, let me come. He drives down for Georgie and he wants to watch me do this thing and talk to my mom. And he's like, no, like, I think he can make the team as a walk-on. And we're like, what are you talking about, man? Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, he talks us into it. And my junior A team's like, don't go. They're going to sign you. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to keep my eligibility. I'm just going to go see what it's like. It'll be fun. I go up there. I turn, I trained my ass off that summer to be ready for camp. And I just, I shredded the, the, the running test by like, I beat everybody by like two, three levels, the beep test. That put me on the radar. Um, I fought a guy that looked wrong at one of our best players, so that looked good. <laughs> I played well, and then I snuck on as the last. They offered me a contract. And I'm like, what? Like, what, no really? And I, I thought I was trying to get a scholarship. So they're like, yeah, go sit in your, go sit in the car and think about it with your mom. I'm sitting in my minivan with my mom, and I'm like, mom, do I sign this? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> so I call up Keith Acton. He used to be a player and coach in the NHL and he's the only guy I knew with any hockey experience. And he's like, man, you don't have a scholarship offer. You got to take this. It's the OHL. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. back, sign it, get a school package for mom, whatever. And then actually, you know, I just move away in two, from two weeks and move back up there and I'm, I'm set there up and it's just like <laughs> playing my high level hockey. So that's, that's how it happened for me guys. Like it was really weird. That's awesome. That's just, yeah. what did you think of living in Owen there and, Kind of, I mean, you played with some not bad players like Jordan Binghamton and who is, who's that guy? But uh, the Western guy. You're the Western guy for saying Owen. Like, what are you talking about? It's Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Owen. How is that an Owen? No, but it was. Uh, it's a small town. It's like the equivalent for you guys in the Dub, I guess, would be like Swift Current or like oh, you know, okay. one of the small teams, right? Like yeah. twenty thousand people. We got an old barn made of wood boards. It was perfect for hitting people. Oh, into. Yeah. They didn't move. I could just scare the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. um, you know, low ceiling. You can't flip the puck in the air. You know, uh, 3,500 seats. It was wicked, man. It, it, we didn't get to have as much fun off the ice because we're so visible in the community. But yeah, that made us focus on hockey. We, you know, after I was done to school my first year, I didn't play my first year at all. We went and won the OHL championship. I was a pigeon. I was, I was literally doing – when coach would – say two laps you know you do two laps after a drill i yeah. would like i was like if i didn't skate all out i would die fresh legs and andrew shaw andrew shaw you know that guy is right yeah absolutely <laughs> just ripping me he's like go take your fucking cape off you joke like just roasting me and uh basically just i got ripped because i was the gohard i was that typical gohard i didn't know anything i just got thrown into junior hockey and i was like i guess i gotta try really hard right and, uh, this guy would shoot pucks at my head all this all crazy crap i had to fight him whatever but Playing was awesome because all you did was just train. We didn't do anything else. You go to the rink in the morning, breakfast club, work out, do whatever. If we get on the ice, we would. Then we have practice later on. It was just – back then it was just train, a couple of video games with the boys, nap, and it was like the typical junior life. So it was, yeah. it was pretty awesome. That's awesome, yeah. And then then you got drafted in the third round by the Wild. How, how was that for emotion? I mean, you're like you said, you just came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden you play, you play there with the sound and – now you're drafted third round yeah i uh you're cracking me up now you're saying the sound i love it um oh i gotta switch got, it up. Uh, we got uh, what happened i um that first year i didn't play at all and i got invited to the phoenix coyotes camp out of nowhere i didn't even play and i got invited to an nhl training camp i was freaking awesome. out just because i got there because i was a big tall kid and i heard i worked hard I'm a flyer and uh jeff tui who used to be a 
OHL GM got me there. He was a scout. Anyway, I go back thinking I'm king shit. I'm going to play top minutes. I'm going to be second. <laughs> yeah. I and I literally proceed to get beat up 10 times. I barely play. I have like, I can't remember how many points I had. Did I have like 16 points, 10 points? I can't remember. Like brutal season. It was basically like an 18-year-old, but a 16-year-old. I had no experience. And I was awful. I went home. I uh, got no NHL interest. Was like, all right, go back to the grindstone. Did, did what I said. Got obsessed with hockey. And I came back for my third year, and my coach was like, uh, yeah, you're kind of like a bubble guy. Like, I don't even know. I can't even guarantee you a spot on the team. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, well, I worked hard, man. Just give me a look in camp on, like, a third line, see what happens. And next thing you know, like this, me, Kyle Hope, and Holden, uh, Kyle Hope and Holden Cook, we just formed this, like, sick third line. Our team was good that year. I just uh, beat up everybody I fought because I went and trained in more fighting and boxing. Um, I scored like a couple, couple goals some points, but we were just like a shutdown line that nobody wanted to play against. Cause I was just hitting everyone. Kyle Hope was hitting everyone. And then cook was our center that could make some plays. So we were like, we were sick. We play against the other team's best lines. Like I would, I would go up to like uh, one scout told me that he, they loved it, that I went up to Trocek in the playoffs and he was kind of beacon a bit. And I, I squeezed his neck so hard that he kind of, the, the, the guy was like, yeah, he kind of like kind of disappeared after that. And that was the Penguins. And so, like, I, I kind of realized that that's my game. I got to intimidate. Yeah. I got to get in guys' heads. Yeah. Um, I got interviewed by all these teams, and I was just like, holy cow, like, I can't believe this is happening. The, the Combine's in Toronto. I'm a 19-year-old, 20-year-old getting drafted in my third eligibility. My agent's like, you're going fifth round. If you don't go fifth, you're going earlier, like, the third. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I was just, like, a normal dude, you know, didn't even know if I was going to play hockey before this. So I, I drive down for like seven days straight, do like 22 interviews with NHL teams out of the 30 teams. I'm like, what is going on? And uh, I fly down to the draft and I get picked in the third round by Minnesota. And they were like my last interview. And I met Craig Channel, the scout, for two hours at a Tim Hortons right beside my house. And we just chatted. Huh. Did, did, they ask, did they ask you any like out, uh, yeah, just crazy questions? Not me because I'm not – I was an older guy, so I was already 20, like the last eligible. So it was almost like teams were like sneaking me in back doors and stuff because they didn't want other teams to see that they were interviewing me because yeah. they wanted it to be a secret. Yeah. But my agent made sure that everybody knew that I was highly sought after or whatever. So they, they were just straight up with me. Like I had great talks with the – I thought I was going to draft it by the Oilers or the Predators or the Wild. I thought it was my three. And uh, but no, no, no crazy questions. They just I just was myself like I'm being with you guys. I'm clearly passionate about hockey, clearly obsessed about it. And I'm like, actually, the the wild guy, his last question to me, the one that only sticks out, he said, what do I go back and tell my GM about you? And what, what do when we have our meetings and I say, I'm, I want this guy drafted. That's how it works. Right. They pitch their guy. Yeah. I said, what do I tell my GM? I said, well, honestly, like, I'm just never going to stop working. Like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. You know, I'm in sixth year pro now. I'm still on that mindset. I'm still trying to make it. So yeah. I won't stop. It, it, I don't know what my potential is, but e either way, you're going to find out what it is because I won't let anything get in the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, touching on the subject of obviously the shirt you're wearing, as uh, people can see, um, obviously you're big in the LGBTQ. Um, we're pretty big with it here as well as uh, in Wetaskiwin. We do the sidewalks. Actually, we just did it. And uh, funny this being uh, Pride Month that it is. Um, I know there's a little story behind uh, the people who have watched you or do watch you. Um, the people in the community, obviously, uh, you got that tape around your stick. A lot of people do it around the blade, but obviously you do yours around the knob, uh, the knob of your stick as well. 
that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, obviously, uh, we just want to know and uh, see if you can touch on what made you want to do it on the top of your hand instead of on the blade and, and why you why you still keep it on. That's pretty cool stuff. So. Of course, the hockey guys want to know why I put it up there because we're, yeah. we're all obsessed with sticks. Like, it's yeah. not like how <laughs> But uh, first and foremost, it's great to hear that you guys are doing that out there, whether you're, you know, painting the sidewalks or whatever. I think that's awesome. Like, that's the whole point of me doing this and the point of Jeff McLean who started this and Dean Petrick. That's the point of this. Like, we want a day where this doesn't – we don't need to have this on a shirt. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so normal that you can just love wherever you love. Why does anyone care? Like, right. because some book in the, in the Bible because it says that this is not okay? Like, guys, come on. Like, this Everything's is changing. 2020 like we know the yeah. science behind things there's there's freaking uh you know there's gay animals man there's there's animals that there's it's documented in nature like it's it's a part of nature it's it's gonna be happen in a, yeah. such a advanced species like us so like i just don't get why people can be judged for that so as far as the tape um i had a personal experience with an ex-girlfriend's friends who were in the community she got treated badly i thought that was stupid i got up to the devil's I mean, I'm trying to, I'm getting ready to play the Montreal Canadiens. I'm like, I don't, I'm not thinking about much else. I know it's pride night. I'm dialed in though. Right. And they come in with the pride tape and they're like, guys, throw this around your blade. Use it for warm up. You don't have to use it for the game. You can take it off. So I'm like, I want to put, keep my black tape on my blade. Like I'm too focused right now. I'm playing well. I scored my first NHL goal two games ago. I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to keep this going. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put it around like just below my butt end. So people can like, it'll be visible, but I'm not like, it's not bothering me almost. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we came back in for warm-up, everybody's using the tape tigers, taking it off, right? And I'm just like, I look at my stick. I'm in the corner, the pigeon corner, right by the speaker. And I'm like, I don't think I need to take this off. Like, it would be more work to take it off than just leave it on. I'm going to retape my blade and then not worry about it. And then that was that much of a decision where I knew in my head people might notice and it might be a good thing. But it was that short of a decision because I have a game to play against Canadians. I'm trying to play in the NHL. I'm not, like, yeah. thinking too much. Right. And when I, you know, I, I think in the second period, I scored my second goal. It was the best feeling of my life. Like, I got to actually see it happen. I knew it was coming. I made a play, uh, scored on Carey Price, got to jump in the glass and scream. Keep that change. Like, I was, it was unreal, right? So, the fact that I did that and I, you know, had the tape on my stick, obviously scored a big win for inclusion. That was the headline kind of thing. And um, my, my phone was blown up from scoring my second NHL goal on a TV broadcast game in Canada against the Montreal Canadiens and because I had this tape on my stick. So I just thought, you know, why not keep it on? There's no reason. As long as they get me the boxes of tape, I'll put it on. Yeah. yeah. So um, since, then, since then, I've gone on a great ride. Now I have kids using it all over the place, sending me pictures that they're using it. You yeah. know, why wouldn't you use it? Like, it's, I think yeah. it looks good. Like, I'm not a style guy. I've never been one, but. I mean, I think it's sick and it's, uh, it's including so many people and it's, it's such a good thing, man. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you're one of the, well, I guess like, as you said, just when they come in the room and they say, just throw it on and all that kind of stuff, you're one of the guys that really don't take it off. Um, obviously, hopefully in the near future, there's more guys like you that are playing in the NHL and the AHL, WHL, stuff like that, that will keep that tape on longer and, you know, not let it bother your game and stuff. I know we're all pretty uh, uh, skeptical about our gear and how certain things got to go a certain way and stuff like that. But, you know, hopefully in the future that uh, we see, we start seeing more of that um, just becoming not really a trend, but 
like a new normal like you know what i mean yes man like and and, yeah. and if you're worried about putting it on you're gonna get judged man like the way the climate is now like this is the time to do it now man because look at what's happening mm -hmm. in the world with this black lives matter like everybody it's it's now normal it's now frowned upon to be anything but on the side of this community and the black lives matter community so yeah um, I, I honestly have never been chirped for using it. I've had a couple uh, European teammates and they're even, they're like more behind over there. They don't really like the LGBTQS plus community over there as much. They asked me, hey, why you use that? And I'm like, oh, this is why. And they're like, okay, they don't really, whatever. And uh, so I don't receive hate for it. And honestly, I would love to some, I mean, I don't want someone to say, you know, anti things, but if they said it to me, it would give me a great opportunity to just lay into them. I would love to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, but I can lay into them on the ice. I can do that on the ice. But in when it comes to off the ice, just because someone believes something like doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're raised, right? Your parents are religious. You're mm -hmm. gonna love your parents. You listen to your parents. Why why wouldn't you listen to your parents when you're young? But it should be on the onus of everyone now with the internet and all the information there to educate yourself and make your own decisions. Not just because your parents think something. It's on everyone in society to educate everyone now that it's, it's totally okay to love anyone. It doesn't matter what color you are. You can be with a man if you're a man. You can be with a girl if you're a girl. You can be with a transgender person if you want to be. Whatever floats your boat, I just want everyone to be judged for their character, their work ethic, their integrity, what they bring to society, not, not who they love. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's happy with somebody, I, I think that uh, nothing else should really matter and, and should never really be ashamed of that. You know, I got a couple uh, – I got an auntie who um, is obviously lesbian and um, we don't think of her any different around the house or when she walks, it's every, everyone's a human being, right? Everyone has yeah. different emotions. Everyone has different feelings. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see that, uh, that you still keep it on. Obviously I like, I'm a gear guy that I love looking at players gear and stuff and, you know, seeing what uh, gets all and, and all those guys are all wearing, but uh, I never really see anyone, really leave the pride tape on after the warm up or or right. something like that so to see you yeah. do it is it's pretty it's pretty neat it's pretty uh pretty cool to see that uh, you you do it for yourself and not really don't worry about what anyone else else has yeah. to say so that's cool I appreciate that man and yeah I wish yeah. I'm the only guy that still does it and I'm not I did I played the American League the whole year I still use it it doesn't matter where I am I'll use it mm -hmm. if I go to Russia or wherever I don't care but like Speaking of gear, if we want to, we touch that subject and I appreciate it. You, let, you guys let me talk about that. And, but that you were, you're going to be really interested to hear what I did today with my stick. So this is pretty cool. So you guys probably are young dudes. You probably all use the massive toe curve, which, you know, great, good oh, on you. What do you got? Eichel's curve? Like the big uh, one? Yeah. P28. P28. Right. So, you know, that's suppose the shooting coaches want these guys to use it. Blah, blah, blah. I hate it. I can't stick handle that thing. Why would I stick handle with a hook? It's like yeah. well, I'm kind of happy with a hook. I don't like it. A little banana curve, yeah. I had I had a sackic before, but um, I I got my wrist sliced by a skate uh, skate a couple years ago, and I had to shoot learn to shoot again basically with it with not flicking my wrist as much. And when you I learned to shoot off the heel, and let me tell you, that's the place to shoot a puck off of. So I use the classic jury now, big heel curve P ninety one A or whatever it's called. Yeah. And um, I played around with different things. I was thinking about getting a toe kink like Ryan O'Reilly, my my good friend Joey Hitchens, buddies with him. I've been playing around with that, but I've been stick handling so much in quarantine that what happens when you stick handle on a driveway, right? Your blade wears down. Yeah. And, you know, it gets too thin to the point where you can't use it, but almost the more wear down it gets, the better it feels to stick handle with because you're, you're wearing down where you contact the ground with. So I, I have this almost like 
like a weird angle on my toe where I pull the puck in. That's it's better than a normal shaped curve. So what I did was I went to Home Depot today. <laughs> uh-huh. I, rented, I rented a handsaw and I literally I have pictures of it. I wish I had a stick up here. I literally rockered the bottom of my blade. You know how dry saddle has a straight lie? Yeah. Uh, his stick his stick is like this and his lie is flush on the ice. There's no shooting lie, there's no stick handling lie. So I shaved, I cut off the bottom of my curve. So it's a flat lie. I angled this edge a bit. So instead of being a circle, it's like an angle. Yeah. And it's just so much better for stick handling. Hmm. I have this great connection with the CCM rep. He wants me to come like, I can't believe he wants me to do this. I'm a tough guy, right? He wants me to come to Montreal and hook me up with the sensors and like dial in the stick and whatever. There's all this shooting lab. And I'm like, dude, I'm yeah. gonna do that. But he's like, dude, just send me whatever curve you want, make it, bend it, heat it up, cut it. And I'll make it for you. So I'm like, this is like a kid's dream, right? So right. I yeah. cut off the bottom. I've altered the toe, I'm changing my flex up and all this stuff, and I can't wait to get them in. But I'm, it's like gonna, I think it's gonna be sick, man. That's deadly. You gotta put that on your Instagram when that comes. I want to see. I know that. all you. That's the thing. Like my Instagram, I'm trying to do activism. I'm trying to do all these things, but I gotta like appeal to like the kids like you that love all this gear stuff because I love it too. And I don't have great style, but I'm a. I know everything there is to know about sticks. So I'm gonna yeah. like, make like a video for that or something. So talking about sticks, have, did you get your hands on uh, on the? Did you ever get your hands on the new uh, Nexus ADV by any chance? You know, so the AHL is a CCM league, and uh, yeah, CCM, yeah, CCM's gotten so much better since when I used to use them, and now they're like right up there with any stick. So yeah, and I'd love to give it a try. It looks interesting, of course. I'd love to try, but it's almost just like such a hassle of COVID to get things sent to you. And I'm not a high end guy, so I'm just happy that CCM will make me a new curve. Like that's dope. Yeah. I'm happy with that. But here, I'll tell you something that you'll probably freak out about. So uh, playing in Jersey, the best equipment manager I've ever come across, his name's, his name's Frosty. Like, that's his nickname. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. Like, best friends with Stevie Y. When we, go to, when we enter Detroit, Stevie Y takes this guy out for dinner. Frosty doesn't go with him. This, Stevie Y takes him out for dinner, okay? Holy shit. This, this guy is, like, a fucking legend. Like, I go in there. I'm a psycho. I'm, like, buzzing around my first day. I'm, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's like, dude, just, just chill out. Like, we'll get you set up. Whatever you need, come back here. Press his arm around you, sets you up. His, his guy under him, Nader, I had in Iowa, another beauty. Crazy dude. You guys would love him. You should have him on this thing. He's nuts. Anyway, so I get all the inside, I get the inside scoops from these guys because I'm buddies with them. They know tough guys always seem right. to be along with trainers. This uh-huh. guy is putting up together a special stick collection just for Steve Eisenman, okay? So you know how, like, NFL guys trade jerseys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the NHL, it's all stick stuff. And I don't think many people know about this. Guys, after every game, guys are, hey, can I get one of Ovi's? Hey, Ovi's like, hey, can I get your Spetz's stick? And then they sign it and write a little message. And then Ovi's got like a whole room in his basement full of them, right? Oh, yeah. So Frosty has this. There's a shooting room they set up. And I literally lived in this thing. Like you guys, if you're hot crazy with hockey, I don't know how you wouldn't do this. There's a shooting room set up. We had practice at 10. I was there at 7.30 shooting pucks for half an hour. And I'd shoot after. I'd just be in there all the time. And then there's this closet. And I asked one day, I was like, what's in there? He's like, oh, you want to see what's in there, eh, bud? And I go in there. And they have, first of all, they have beds because the trainers work so hard. They just sleep there sometimes. Sleep there. But then there's just a wall of sticks. And I'm like, looking at the names. And I'm like, oh, Ovi. Like, Ovi, you're, you're five, six, seven, eight. Like, all different years, different specs, each player. So, Frosty's been just collecting these because Stevie Y wants it. I don't know if it's a gift or Stevie Y wanted it, but you could just – imagine the specs that you get to look at of these sticks right oh. i just wanted to know like Ovechkin had like the 75 back in the day now he's at 100 and it's yeah. so yeah. short and it's so stiff i don't know how he fucking uses it but 
Then you Just got quick. like weird, weird ones like Spezza where he's got the super low lie on the toe and the weird shape. Like you're just, I got to see everybody's stick that I've always wanted to see. It was sick. That's awesome. You think Ovi's going to break Gretzky's record? I mean, I friggin' hope so, man. I think That'd it's, be. if he can, I mean, if you think about it, like, yeah, he's gotten a little less physical. I think he just turns it on for the playoffs, but eventually Washington's going to not be as good. And then he'll just focus on scoring in the regular season. I don't see why he can't pop off 50 for four or five more years. Russian machine don't break. This guy just, if he gets hurt, he just goes to Russia, fixes his body up somehow. He comes back a freak again. Comes back, yeah. They just, he they just, just drinks Dr. Supper on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he, steps, he steps on the scale. I, I've heard stories. He, like, steps on the scale, and he's like, trainer's just like, oh, yeah, 235. And he's just way than that. He's like, oh, hey, Peter. Oh, you're lying. You're lying. He's a <laughs> Oh. That Russian gas, that's what it gets him under. I know, it's such stuff to talk about. I'm just, I don't know how – I mean, I, I play with four Russians this year, and I'm always saying stuff like that to them. They think it's funny, so. <laughs> that's too funny. So, what was your welcome to the NHL moment? Hmm. Uh, probably – I don't know. It probably came in my – okay, first game, probably just warm-ups in Minnesota yeah. because they're just, you know, they're like sold out for warm-ups, and I'm just – I'm sitting out there. I haven't even played my first game yet. I'm in my warm-ups, and I stand on dead center ice at the red line facing my team's end, and I have my mom, my brother, my best friend, and my stepdad on one side of the rink, and then I got my best buddy and his dad who flew in last minute, and I'm just sitting there like the tunes are bumping. I'm just like looking around. I'm like playing the Jets. I'm like, oh, there's Shifley, you know, whatever line in. I'm like looking around. I'm like, this is the show. This is pretty cool. And then I went yeah. in my warm-up. Um, and then I got my first fight that game, which was all right. But uh, my Who'd real fight, uh, Thor, Chris Thorburn. Okay, yeah. yeah. Long but, hair. Yeah, big ass nose too, right? Everybody chirps about it. That's fine. He knows. Sounds like a great dude from what I've heard. Everybody chirps me because I'm a nutcase, so whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to fight Peluso because he was their way. He's, I mean, Peluso's tougher than Thorburn. Yeah. Okay. And so he didn't dress that night. So I was kind of like, hmm. So we, I got called up. I got sent down, called up again. Shocker, we're playing the Jets again at home again because they need big body me. And Peluso came out with his hoodie on and his sweatshirt, and he's just staring at me in morning skate, right? He comes out, and he's trying to intimidate me, and I'm just yeah. like, okay. So, buddy, I already know I'm fighting. Let's, let's go. And first, I didn't think – I thought he was going to, like, do that to scare me. And first shift, he came after me and gave me a cross-check, cross-check, and I kind of baited. I was like, man – I don't like to fight when I'm too close to someone. I want some space. I want to square up and all that. So I was like, dude, get away from me. Get away from me. And then I, I ate some ones in that fight where I was like, Jesus. But after I was just so pumped that I took them and I gave them some back and I just went screamed out. That, that kind of felt like, all right, I can do this. I can be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. didn't want to go big buff? Oh, don't, don't even get me. Okay. You were here. You hit a good, you hit a good note here. <laughs> okay. so I playing in Minnesota buffs from Minnesota. So I would train in the summers in Minnesota and we have this octagon hockey camp where all best players in the area kind of come together before the season and buffs always there. And this guy obviously is hilarious. He's oh. like the biggest goof ever. Like that video where he's just, what did he say to that kid? Oh, yeah. Do um, I are you wearing Yeezys? Yeah. Something like that, but he's like NHL, bud or whatever. Right? Like that's literally yeah. him to a T. So <clears throat> He doesn't really know who I am. He keeps, you know, we're playing these camp things together, and he starts, like, we start chatting here and there, trying to be casual, right? It's fucking big buff. It's so cool. I'm like, Preezy's over here. I'm over here. I'm like, whoa. And um, he starts kind of, like, chirping me every day a bit, and he's like, he had a ranch for sale, and he kept saying, like, 
you want to buy my ranch yet? I'm like, man, I don't even make like a hundred grand. Like, <laughs> 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 just like for no reason, like chirp me about that kind of stuff. And uh, I'd always kind of like, we'd battle a little bit, nothing hard in the summer, but I always was like, I'm going to fight, fight this guy. I think maybe, oh, yeah. he likes, maybe because he likes me, he'll fight me, but nobody, he doesn't fight. Nobody really wants to fight him. So I was like, I got to no. make myself, right? So we're, what did we play? We played in the preseason and I went after him uh, and he's, no, oh, oh, no, I played against him in the NHL first and in a real game and I, I went after him, he laughed at me. Of course he laughed at me. <laughs> and the next year in preseason, I, so I just to come off, you know, preseason, we're just fresh off the summer. I was just talking to him and now I'm playing against him and we're in a scrum and I go after him again. He starts laughing at me again. I'm like, I'm not getting laughed at again. So we're in a scrum this time and I reach over the pile and I just stick my hand up his nose, like whatever, like face washing. And he got, he got <laughs> mad. Like his eyes went, you know what I mean? And Wires crossed. the refs were in there. I truly, I started backing in, like, get, get out of here. Get, like, I'm trying to cheat the, I want to fight him. I want to fight him. This is huge for me. But he, he tried to, he's trying to go around the refs and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is happening. But they, they never, the refs are told to not let us fight now. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was close. I was close. And okay, piggybacking off that story, I played Chara when I was with the Devils, and all the boys were like, "Gaber's going Chara," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going Chara. I'm going. I don't care." And I, I, he's a captain. Why would he fight me, right? So I'm trying to hit him all game. A couple shifts in a row, I just take runs at him, just runs at him, trying to piss him off, poke him. And <laughs> my mom still thinks it's hilarious. He's Czech, right? They have funny accents. So I like finally, it was just chase him up the ice. I'm like, "Let's walk in corner," and he's like fuck off oh, <laughs> so funny, dude. I'm like, oh, okay i guess he's not fighting me so it's just like funny shit like that it's what i remember. yeah funny. so uh like obviously we kind of researched you a little bit we're watching your fights and you know after you were fighting revo and blue teeth and all those the bigger name guys obviously you're a little pumped up when you're going to the ball yeah. i'm wondering how how you're buzzing how you're feeling before you get you know right right into the fight because obviously you got you got to have a pretty fucking fucked up mindset trying to get into that fight. Obviously, those guys are huge, man. Like, yeah, if I'm looking Revo at Cassian, dude, I might be pooping my pants. I'm going to need the trainer to come fucking diaper change me in the belly box. You know, basically, like, I've always, I've never fought off the ice, but I just, I don't know, you have a different personality on the ice, and I almost, like, talk myself into doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those, those guys don't want to fight either, but we our wires cross, so, like, you just, you just know, like, hey, if I get out there, I'll be fine. My wires are crossed. I'll be fine. Um, but so back to the Reeves one, um, I was clearly fired up after the one. Oh, and yeah. Loved it. Dude, I loved it. You're like, fuck it. And he gives you a little smirk. And I'm like, he's laughing. Bro. You're going to fucking go him again, bro. And he's going to wire you. People were mad that I was saying that I won. I, I knew I didn't win. And, you know, but I'll tell you why I oh. was pumped. Okay. So I've been up. Uh, it was the best winning streak that team uh, that year. I think the wild set all their records. I went up for a month. We didn't lose a game when I was up there. So I thought I made it, but uh, I think this is like game nine out of 12 or 13. I'm up there. I've already had like five fights in nine games. My hands are just to like totaled. Like uh, I bought Polak two nights or three nights before in Toronto after team rookie party, got my first point, oh, man. Beat, beat Polak, but I cut my finger open. My middle finger yeah. so bad. Like, they had it stitched together. I couldn't bend it. So literally I'm out there. I can't make a fist. If it fists, it's like this. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to the game and everybody's like, you know, I'm like, this is the guy I've always wanted to fight. He's supposed to be the toughest guy, whatever. And I'm like, geez, man, like, what am I going to do? Like, I, if I, I my, it's just going to rip open and then I'm trying to stay here. I can't be getting hurt. So, but he's always like run around and we have no answer for him. So we're playing. It's at home. I think it was like my first or second shift and they're already like buzzing. They're being physical. 
and he, I wasn't really planning on it. I was trying to do my role, whatever, but he finished a check on me late and my wires crossed. So he, it was clear to me, he went out of his way to give me an extra push into the glass and I snapped. And I, he hadn't, he, I don't think he thought I was going to have, you know, the nuts to fight him basically. So we kind of turned around and like laughed and then I just shed my shit. And next thing I know, I'm like, I can't punch. So I'm just getting fed my lunch. Like I'm taking it off the forehead, my face. Like I'm like taking it, taking it. And then I'm like, okay, I have to do something. I can't throw with my right. So I grab on with my right, like a couple fingers. And then I just throw lefts with no regard. I'm like, I don't care if I die. That's all I remember. I don't care if I die. I'm just going to throw. I didn't really land any, but I went toe to toe to his best hand. And I'm like, I stayed on my feet. I took his punches. So when we got broken up, I was just like, like so fired up. So I just screamed at the crowd, like, let's fucking go. I know I didn't really hit him, but you know, he's clapping, like laughing at me. I, I had no disrespect. I didn't no. say I won the fight, but I just, yeah. I was fired up, man. And we, and then we, the team, you know, the, how it works is, you know, we kind of do, they see me step up and they play harder and we win the game three, one. And, I get the, you know, the police hat from the captain after the game. It's like best night ever. So it's like when you go to fight these guys, it's like it just happens and you try not to worry about it too much. It's funny. I'll, I'll, if I'm not playing well, I'll worry about fighting way more. But if I'm playing yeah. well, oh my God, like I'll, I can't wait to fight. Like, so you don't think obviously in morning skate, you're not going into morning skate thinking, oh, I got to fight this guy tonight. I got to, you know, I've got to do this guy. You don't give a fuck. Eh? You just... unless, unless I'm not playing well, because then it's like I have to. When I'm playing well, it's like I can have the choice more, if that makes okay. sense. Okay, yeah. Do you, um, do you black in, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, I mean, when I lost those first 10 fights in Owen Sound, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Like, so it was adrenaline. I didn't know how to handle it. But when you get to this point now, I've had over 100. Like, you just – you get used to that feeling, and I do, like, breathing, whatever, and every punch I, do, I try to breathe, you know? It's like fighting shit. Like, right. I feel like I've gotten better at that. I mean, you're always going to win. I, I've always been a guy that I either lose or I win. I don't really draw much because I just say screw it, and I go for it. Right. My mom like that, but I'm trying to be a little more safe. But uh, I like that. I don't want to be a guy that fights safe. I want to be a guy that guys know, like, I'm trying to throw as hard as I can, so you better be ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely black out when I fight. I hardly remember. <laughs> How many times you fought? Three. <laughs> How old are you? It's funny because he's he was in the crowd the one night and he's like telling these people, I got farmer's boy strength. <laughs> and they still chirp him. We chirp him to this day in the room about farmer's boy strength, so it's pretty funny shit. How'd they go? Uh the first one, I so like I'm five eight, one forty-five, so I'm a small guy. <laughs> and I fought this this guy in my first fight. Uh, he comes up to me, cross checks me. And so I just like, Hey, whatever. I don't really want it. And then I skate away and then he comes after me and auto sheds. And this guy's same height, but he weighs at least 300 pounds. Like he was, he was 300 guys, 300. No, no exaggeration. As I said, I blocked out. So, <laughs> but anyways, but I, I didn't make So he was terrible so I just latched on I anchored on with my left and uh he was a southpaw and I didn't realize that till after the fight thinking about it. but I grabbed on I anchored on and since I just I was just like well I got a pull here so I pulled and his balance was terrible and he started falling down so I popped him one on the way down and celebrated like I fed him six but you know oh boy, oh boy. yeah uh, that's what happens and the adrenaline hits you, you feel good you kind of get a little crazy yeah, bench was going wild, going wild, because you know, basically smallest kid on the team. But 
fought the fattest guy in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he could even catch me. Yeah, so, I've, had, I've had trouble with lefties too, man. Like uh, Cassian loosened up my tooth pretty good. Um, even Alex Cabranson, he's the younger brother of Eric Cabranson. I fought him twice in a playoff series. Like, this guy's just throws anything left. Basically, you just got to know that you're going to get hit because his, his strong side's coming at you to your strong side. It's just whoever gets there first. So, yeah. I'll be ready next time I fight a guy like Cassian or something. I'm just going to. I'm just going to say, right, when you come into my space, I'm going to just throw as hard as I can, too. Yeah, you, you've been working on your left hands then, or what? I, I do, but at the same time, it's like, I do that when a fight, I hate boring fights. That's a bad thing to say, because my mom's like, just just get a draw. You don't have to win. I'm like, Mom, I don't like boring, like, seatbelt fights. I don't yeah, do you're that. either going to get knocked out, or you're going to knock the other guy out. I like, I like that. Uh, I just... I need to hold on with my left more and just stay with my right and throw jabs and stuff and only use a left when I know for sure he's not coming back with the right. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've so you worked on it, but I'm trying to mentally stay like it's my strong way. Yeah, you're the guy that uh, as soon as you get in a fight and chill 20, you're fucking breaking your stick, just going hard on the head. You're not, you're not worrying about blocking. I used to be hard. like that more. I used to be like that more. Now I'm more technical and stuff. You have to be. Nice. Like, you, can't, you can't survive. Like, these guys that fought back in the day, I don't know how they did it. Like, I mean, they weren't as big guys. Some of them, they weren't working out as much. But to go, like, toe-to-toe all the time is just insane. Oh, yeah. Any, uh, any funny like, party stories or uh... – Anything like that you want to share, or is that kind of you want to stay away from that? Well, I can just I can just share about my own experiences at like rookie parties and stuff. Yeah, like, sure. I, had, I had a rookie party in my hometown, Toronto, so that was unreal. Oh, how? But the problem is, I was dead at like eleven, so because <laughs> they just um, feed you drinks all night, so you're too drunk yeah, to do I, anything. And my best buddy Grayovac, a hockey buddy, was up there at the same time with me, and they made us do a push-up contest. And I admittedly am not as good at push-ups. And my buddy Grayovac's actually a He's a freak with his upper body. Like, he can throw on 100 pounds and do, like, five pull-ups. He's a tank. And uh, I was like, hey, I know I'm losing this. And there was happened to be, you know, maybe a giant can of, you know, glass of shots that I was like, I'm going to make up for losing this this loss in the push-up contest. I made him chug that. But you just – you got to have fun with the boys. And I tried to – you know, I'm a new guy on the team. I ended up not sticking. You know, I paid my money for the rookie party and – got it out of the way I didn't have to do it when I was up with Jersey which was nice because I already did it but uh no it's just that stuff that's just fun off the ice and then you know go to practice the next day and they they all they all know and the coaches know and they're just like how are you feeling there kid and I'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> were they pretty pretty like in Minnesota there you're because you played three games your first stint were they really well and like just making you feel like part of the team and included and I mean you had like Mika Koibu and all those guys and he just seems like a real classy guy and yeah, uh, not as much as you'd think, to be honest. Um, I didn't do a rook. I didn't do my first lap in my first game. Uh, my own. Uh, neither did my buddy. Um, I don't know. Some guys are different with that. Some guys are not. Uh, mm-hmm. New Jersey. I, I would say in New Jersey. I felt very, very accepted and comfortable and stuff. So I, I can't say too much about that. But in New Jersey, for sure, I felt the most comfortable. There were still guys in Mini that helped me and stuff. I just think the overall oh, yeah. vibe there. The overall vibe there wasn't the same as New Jersey. No, yeah, that's good. Were you pretty stoked playing in like New Jersey and in their AHL team? Like, would you wish you stayed? Or are you pretty happy that you're with uh, Lay Valley? Lehigh, Lehigh, Lehigh. <laughs> this guy has a tough time with the name. Listen, listen. This guy lives on a farm and just graduated high school. That's it. That's all he's got. High school diploma. That's it. Straight high school diploma. Oh, Brian, hey, that's all I got. Cows. That's all I got too, bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, no, but Binghamton was a tough time because uh, I got scratched a couple times early in the season when it wasn't really my – like I wasn't really doing anything wrong. They had a lot of young guys. It was kind of tough. And I actually got called up to the NHL off three healthy scratches. So figure that one out in the minors. <laughs> scratches in minors. How are you? Interesting. So then I ended up going up again, and I played well enough in a couple games, and they decided to keep me up the rest of the year in New Jersey. So that was the best time of my life for sure. I mean, awesome. I couldn't even sleep, man. Like, I was, you know, still sleep eight hours. Usually I was up, like, in five, six, going to stick out of the rink, like, going to cut my sticks down in the stick room. Like, I was just buzzing. I was just like any other kid that you guys just threw into an NHL locker room. I bring that – I think I bring that kind of enthusiasm and excitement to a room, and I, I always will. I think that's – that's what makes it fun coming to the rink every day. Even yeah. if you're going well, you know, like that's to me is what hockey's all about. Like you can, you can get older and you can get all official and great and you're like stern and you're quiet and that's the way hockey's supposed to be. But I, I just love bringing the excitement to it. Like what, like we're here to have fun, man. We're in the NHL. I'm going to play with passion every shift, every second I'm there. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you've touched on it a little bit before, but your first NHL goal against Ottawa. How, what kind of went through your head? And I know it kind of just happened right off the face, face off. off. But you were just like you just seemed super pumped in the video, and it was against Craig Anderson, so he's no uh, he's no joke. There's no stranger to the league. <laughs> Actually, it was Anders Nielsen. I didn't know. And uh, my best one of my, my best God. friends in hockey that I train with now. He lives in the same place here as me as London, Ontario. Brett Sini. He we lined up for the draw, and he looked at me. He's like, "Gabriel, I'm going to win this face off. Shoot the puck." And I was like. All right. And I literally remember setting up and I'm like, I had a feeling. I said, I was like, this puck's coming to me. Be ready to shoot it. And I shot it and it was going wide. Nielsen decided to reach up yeah. and grab it, even though it was going wide and they missed it and it trickled in the net off his glove. So that was so great. Like, like nine games in, have a point. You know, I've had my first goal. I'm like, okay, now I'm contributing, at least I'm doing something. And then yeah. I buzzed the next couple games, scored against Montreal. So yeah, it was, it was just nice to just get that one out of the way. Just like you guys are getting your podcast out of the way. You know, you got to get exactly. Popping cherries, eh? <laughs> so uh, uh, you touched on how, um, how you kind of liked your, uh, your, fuck, what are they called? Today, Junior. You're. What are you trying to say here? Just, just think out loud. Just think out loud. What are you trying to? What are you thinking about, bro? You're the. You're tripping him about being dumb a second ago. So. Oh yeah, I know. I'm college guy. I can't even say it down word. Okay, well, you you figure that out. I got a question for him. Actually, I got two questions. The first one. Um, what's the greatest place or arena that you've played in? Um, like atmosphere wise and, you know, dressing room, hallway, all that fun shit. And second, um, who do you want to be in? Who do you really want to, you know, throw it down with if you, if you really get the chance to, obviously you touched on big buck and you wanted to go him, but, uh, is there anyone else in the league like that you would want to refight or, yeah. uh, you know, try to take on? Yeah, so well, those are some good questions, Austin. For sure, when uh, for sure when I played in the playoffs with Minnie, I got put in the series because Dallas was up two games to nothing. They went both games down in Dallas, and it was coming back to Minnie, and I got put in because Antoine Roussel was running around. He's a rat, right? Mm-hmm. And I got put in to kind of calm it down, and I did calm him down. I mean, he stopped doing stuff, and I just started hitting people. And um, that was coming out of the tunnel for that game with the towels going and the horn that they play in Minnesota, like, you're Minnesota – Wow, and then the horn goes, and your whole body is just like, dude, like, fucking shivers. Your bones are fucking vibrating, bro. 
Oh, yeah. And I was floating. I still do this on normal games if you ask my teammates, but I was floating around the ice screaming in the dark in this rink, and I couldn't even hear my own scream. It was so loud. Like, I was just like, oh, it was amazing. So that was that best atmosphere for sure. And every time I'd hit someone, the place would go nuts. Um, and then the first – I want, I mean, I got to go raise again because I, I, I acted all tough after, right? I didn't mean to, but everybody thought I did. But my finger – my hand wasn't good. So, I mean, still fought him and tried my best with this messed up hand. So, I guess him and uh, Ross Johnson, I need to go again. The refs got in the way last time. And he kind of kind of yanked me around with the refs this preseason. I thought that was kind of disrespectful. So, yeah. I need to get him too. That's fucking uh... – that's solid because Reeves just signed a two years, so uh, I guess hey, you got two years to make it up. That's good for me, man. The more <laughs> that's good for me. If he's getting contracts and he's valued, then at some point, like he comes into play in a playoff series, you need someone that's going to not be scared of him, right? Like, yeah, that's what it's going to come down to. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's great news for me. I want more guys in the league like that so I can get my own place on a team and really really make those guys feel comfortable when a guy like Reeves is running around they got to know that I'm out there and he's going to think twice about doing that yeah so uh I have a different question after but your fight with Luch was like a minute long <laughs> so uh, how tired were you throwing those last few bombs dude dude like obviously you can tell in the video you're struggling like you're you're Dude. Sucking air back, but you really have no idea until you hear this perspective, hey, right? He got gas quicker than me. He was basically oh, 100%. Done, right? Yeah, he was like he's he, ducking his head the whole time. Yeah, like, but he, he, I will say he hit me more solid than I got him, but I really like jerseyed up his face and stuff. Yeah, but going to the box, like, of course, I was just high on adrenaline still, but I sat down in that box and I was just like, I was bleeding a bit on my tongue's out, and you had there's a camera zooms in on me. I'm just like, oh my god, but. After I talked to him, right, he's like the guy I've always looked up to. I've always wanted to fight him. All my buddies knew I always wanted to fight him. I finally got to have my best fight against him, right? It's the coolest thing. We shooting the shit in the penalty box. He appreciates me. He's like, man, I used to just, like, fight because I had a bad first period. I would just go grab someone and tilt. But nobody wants to fight anymore. So thanks for, like, going me. And I'm like, dude, that's amazing. I literally look up to you. So going back to the bench, you know, all the boys are patting me on the back, whatever. Everything's going good. I'm like, oh, I mean, I always buzz after I fight. I always have a good game. Right. And I go up for my first shift and I literally can't skate. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like my body was still in shock and it had been like 10 minutes already. I was just like so tired, man. And I, I, I had a 15 second shift and I got off at a really weird time. Like we were going on the rush and I like got off and I get back to the bench and Palmieri must've been the only guy that noticed. And Palmieri's just looking at him. He's like, Gabe's like, are you all right? And I'm like, dude, I'm so tired still. I need, to, I need to take a breather, man. Like, just sit me for five minutes. That's nothing new. I sit for five minutes all the time. <laughs> Give me a little break here. But I got my wheels back under me, and I was able to get, like, an assist later in the game. And we had, like, a predominantly AHL lineup because we had so many injuries. So we had, like, two lines of AHL forwards, and we beat the Oilers 6-2 when they had to win for the playoffs. It was the best fucking thing ever. It's funny because sometimes that stuff actually works out for the better, right? Like you have all the guys you play with back down in the minors, and the next thing you know, you guys are up in the league together, just straight buzzing. That's why hockey is a beautiful game, man. Like yeah. you're going to be talented. If you are talented and you work your ass off, you're unstoppable. But oh, yeah. another team that's hungrier than you, wants that puck more than you, and they want to put their nuts over that puck more than you and fight for it, they're going to win the game. Like eight, ten, eight, seven, nine times out of ten. So yeah, that's what I love 100%. about hockey. I love it. So uh, did you ever get caught out against McDavid, or did you just make sure you made a beeline for the bench? 
they were line matching us so hard trying to put McDavid and Drysdale out. And I literally would just see him coming, and we they have the last change and look at the bench and it'd be like, I'm like, boys, you see that? Like, we got to get off. Like, I'm always doing whatever I need to do. And they're like, Gaber, like, fuck, we're out. We have to be out here 10 seconds at least. Let's try to do something and not just cry our way back to the bench. Like, okay, cool, cool. If you win the draw, I'll just change because I'm getting the fuck off. Right. Yeah. No minuses on your, on your card, maybe. No. Yeah, that guy can fucking hurt the plus minus shit. That's for sure. My first McDavid thing, he's from my hometown, so I've heard about him all growing up and all this shit. And I played against him in the OHL. We have Bennington in the net. And I'm on the ice, and it's like uh, maybe not four on four. I don't play four on four, so it had to have been five on five. So, <laughs> so I'm out there, and I'm like the – he's going down the ice one on two. The rest of his line's changed. I'm the third guy back in the zone, so I'm the center. So I'm just like, oh, it's one on two. I don't need to get, like, too far back there. Like, they got it. This guy just is blazing through, goes wide on the D-men. Just some crazy move and just backhand short side shelf and then sellies all the way up the ice. And I'm just watching it. I have, I'm too far out of the play. It's one on two. He just shredded us and he's on a crazy angle. Bennington's like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Bennington still has that problem sometimes. He's fucking oh, looking man. at him. I swear to God, all the goalies when they see him fucking coming down, their ass gets in behind the fucking red line of that. Scared of that guy, man. He's fucking it's so, good. It's so cool, man. Like, and he's very honest, right? Like, I like how he's honest. Like, he did that after hours interview with Scott Oak and them and um, Debraska's dad, Louis Debraska. And they, yeah. some, some kid wrote in with a question. He's like, how are you so fast? Straight up. Everybody wants to know, right? And McDavid's just like, you know, honestly, I've, like, trained hard and, you know, worked as hard as anybody else. But it's just God-given. Like, it just mm -hmm. doesn't make sense how he's oh, acting yeah. on his edges and stuff. It just doesn't – and I worked out with him with Gary Roberts for a year. He's a quiet, unassuming guy. It's like, you don't look, you would, nobody would ever pick that guy out of, a, of five people that he's the best in the world, right? He's just a normal looking dude. He's a little, right. he's gotten a little taller, you yeah. know, whatever, but he just gets on the ice and something magic happens. And that's, that's what hockey's all about. Forget all you know, the tough guys. That's what hockey's about. And it's cool that he yeah. was able to get to do that. You know, that's what we all dream of. And he's still humble about it too, which is nice. You know, he's not a, him and Crosby both, like, you know, they're not complete assholes. Like, they, they could, let's be honest, they can fuck anyone's bitch, but they're, they're pretty oh, honest wow. about, oh, wow. they're pretty oh. honest about what they do. Like, you know, they don't, they, they uh, take pride take. in what Hot they take. do. Hot take. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're, they're uh, I, and I like about McDavid too. He's got like a killer instinct to him. Like, he's like serious, he's like so serious, but he says all the right things. But when he's on the ice and he like scores a big goal, he, he lets it rip selling. Like, he, <laughs> oh, yeah, he gets he's got a little, up. like, he's got a little, like, fuck you to him. I really like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so back to the stuttering question I was going to ask earlier. You were talking about your equipment managers, how you were so close with them. Like, you know, being the enforcer, you guys were kind of closer with the – so were you close with any, like, coaches or anything like that, or was it just mostly equipment guys? Um. Yeah, like, you You know, it's like coaching is like a kind of – the head coach especially is kind of like a different kind of thing. But I thought I had a great relationship with John Hines there. Like, me and – uh me and Runes, my line mate, we would just be in the corner and this guy would be talking and we're like, you know, second last team in the league, but we're just trying to stay in the NHL. Anything that right. guy said, I would go through a wall for that guy, right? So uh -huh. I, I liked how we ran a team. The practices were so hard that when I got to, I was dreading practice more than games. Like when I got to a game, I was so pumped that it wasn't as hard as a practice and I felt so prepared to play. Like that's what, that's how I like to be prepared to play. I don't like, yeah. I don't like easy practices and this like, mm -hmm. It just I, I just think of it in a military way. Like, the military trains so hard because then when they get to battle, it's like clockwork, right? Like, 
yeah. the different Navy SEALs talk and all that. It's like, it's like, were you worried about your, your own life, like dying? And they're like, no, I was just doing my objective. Like they're just so dialed in. They're not even thinking about bullets going by because they're doing their protocols. That's how you should be on the ice. Like you should be so prepped that you just go out and don't think and let it rip. Hockey's an instinctual game. You know, you got to just go out and let it rip. And when you're thinking, that's when it's not good. So he prepared us, I thought, so well to play. So I liked him a lot. Nice. Um, are you playing with Lehigh next year? Like how long are you signed for? Uh, I'm a free agent again. So I'm a free agent for the, for the third time. I actually uh, am in a weird transition time. I just let go of my agent and got another agent. Um, but it, it made sense. Me and my agent are still like good, great, great friends. I've been with them since I was 16. We're always going to mm-hmm. be friends. And, uh, he, uh, this new guy's way more connected in the KHL and all this stuff. So he's also super connected in the NHL and, I just feel like now is the time for me. I'm 27. Bruce Boudreau told me when he sent me down when I was 23, he said he's brought me back to the front of the plane. He's like, hey, I love having you here. We haven't lost the game. But he's like, you're going to be ready when you're 27. You're not ready now. Like, you need to keep working. And I think you'll be like a Reeves type guy where you make it later. And then you're able to like have a career a little older. Because yeah. I'm a late bloomer. Like we have to work harder at it. You know? right. uh, so I'm at that age right now. And uh, I wasn't supposed to be in the minors the whole year. I got off the phone with assistant GM today. Things happened out of my control. It didn't matter how much, how really how well I could have played. Um, so you just got to live and you learn and, and go forward. And now I have this guy in my corner that he's going to push hard to get me a contract, hopefully in North America. But who knows, maybe I might go play in like some other country until, uh, you know, the next season starts up. It's not supposed to start to December, right? Or January next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I play some hockey, but what if I get hurt over there, right? That wouldn't be good or. What if I go over there and I suck and then nobody wants to sign me? It's like, I got to kind of weigh the options. So uh, yeah. I have no idea what's going on, but I feel like I got a good guy in my corner now that's going to do like everything I need to kind of give me a chance. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. As long as you end up where you're happy, that's all that matters. Have a yeah. good time, get better and build. But it's hard though. Like, cause hockey's politics, man. Like there's oh, no, doubt. Oh, you're going to, you have, like, you know, they'll find you if you're good. So they, they know I'm good ish. I'm in pro. Right. But, to actually lock down a spot in the NHL is so much politics. So I'm hoping, um, you know, I've always just thought if I keep my head down and work hard that they'll find me, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Like so many little things happen and uh, maybe I need someone that's going to kind of play the politics a bit more. And I I think I deserve a shot. I think I can, um, I think I can be that Ryan Reeves type of guy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even if you have a young team, like why can't I slide on a team like Detroit, and they might get the first overall pick. They have all these young guys. Maybe they need protecting. I don't know. Like, I feel like I could be that extra forward that pushes it in practice and plays when you need me to. I just want to want to get my foot yeah, in the door and show yeah, what I can do. Uh, that's huge for any team. Every team needs – every team with – they obviously all the teams want to go younger, right? And uh, obviously, like you said before, fighting's getting a little more out of the game. But it's still there. I mean, everyone's going to still need their um, – Patty Maroon, there's that cast and all those guys. So that's a that's a hard role to fill, man. Like I like you're you're signing up to, you know, fucking go some big some big guys. But uh, I like when you hold your own and you get fucking amped up. That gets me going on when I'm watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, let's get going. Like yeah. <laughs> some guys, I mean, I'm not, I can't share too much of my opinions on guys, but some guys like, you know, you think the guy what one of the guys you said there you think is so tough, but like, dude, like you know, like, come on. Like, I've asked all these guys. Yeah. I ask everybody, you know, and they just tell me I suck. It's like, dude, you think that's going to bother me? Like, 
I'm just going to go cross check yeah. this player and then you better come fight me. And I'd go do that and they still won't fight me. It's like, I don't know, man. I think you're scared, but. Posers. I'm, is that here. What I'm out here. I'm, I'm ready. I, 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 the thing is you don't want to hurt your team, right? Like no. yeah. gone are the days where you just fight for no reason. But if a guy tells me to give him a reason, then I give him a reason and he still doesn't fight me. Kind of soft. Tough. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of soft. That's fine. Like, don't fight for no reason. But if I run something to the boards and you tell me to and you'll go me, it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, step yeah. up. Um, so talking, um, obviously we're from Alberta. Um, and talking about what's going on right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, obviously in Alberta, it's a little bit different um, due to a lot of natives are taking it as Native Lives Matter as well and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it? Uh, it, it's affected us, like, as in, like, the res, like, uh, the res, because I'm obviously an Aboriginal, I'm from Samson, it's mm-hmm. affected us uh, on the res and all that kind of stuff, too, because um, it's funny, because I seen a post the other day, there's um, a total of three native, uh, three native lives that have died to COVID, and nine native lives that have died to uh, police brutality, but uh, um, just to touch on how it's affected differently, obviously in Ontario from where you are, um, that's kind of how it's affected here in, in uh, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, such a complex issue, obviously. Um, you know, it just blows my mind like that, you know, like you said, Aboriginals are getting kind of lost in the shuffle in this, like mm-hmm. all Black Lives Matter, but let's, who's the original people here? It's you guys, man. Like, the fact that we, I just don't get, I mean, it's a different time. You can't, it's like everything. I'm not black. I'm not Aboriginal. I'm not in the LGBTQ community, but I can sympathize and empathize what it must be like. Like I can sit here and be like, what if my mom got racially slurred at the grocery store? I, I, yeah. I'm a lunatic on the ice. You don't think I'd be a lunatic? I'd lose my mind. <laughs> I, can, I can think about my brother being at a protest and him getting shot unjustly. I can think about these things and it makes my blood boil. So I, I don't, you know, when people tell me you don't know and you don't know, I know I don't know, guys. But if you want me to try to help with my white professional hockey player privilege, like I'm going to have to try to relate to this and try to get emotional about it. That's how I do things, you know. I, yeah. I get emotional about it and I get passionate about it. So for me, it's like everybody should be able to relate to that, man. Like if, think about it. What if I was Aboriginal and these people came and just took over my land, man? I live on a res now. Like we're, we're shunned and all that. You know, it's, it's garbage, man. It pisses me off. Yeah. I just feel like everyone's awoke, everyone's woke now to it, right? And now it's like, which side of history do you want to be on? You know, are you going to say you were at the protests when you weren't? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've gone to a protest. I checked it out. I saw what it's like. I've got plans to do different things. It just, it's, it's going to take time for all these things to happen. So right. as far as Ontario, you know, the peaceful protest was amazing. You know, once the curfews are done or once the, you know, with the permit for the park to have the protest was done, they said, you guys got to go home. We can't be having people lingering and having any, violence happen right like it's happening in yeah. the state. so um it's a touchy thing i'm learning on it uh, i don't i can't comment too much because i don't exactly know what to say but i do know that there's a movement against hate happening and you're either getting on it or you're going to miss the boat like of oh, course yeah. you can join later but this is the time now strength in numbers right like we want hockey players to come out and say this if we all come out and say it nobody can get in trouble or frowned upon or you know who knows who runs you know i you don't just everybody should be on the boat right now getting out to a protest. You know, you don't have to go to everyone. Like there's one here on Saturday again. My girlfriend's like, Hey, we went to one already. You need to like have a weekend with me too. You know what I mean? So like yeah, yeah. everyone to change their lives, but like you got to get out and you got to educate yourself, especially if you're going to see racism, like you're on a res dude, right? Like mm-hmm. 
you got to be ready to know what's going to happen if someone makes a comment at one of your buddies. Like, you can't, you can't snap and fight the guy. You just can't. Like, that's not going to solve anything, right? You got yeah. to go over there and be like, hey, man, like, what did you say? And the guy might be like, oh, well, you know, he, he's going to probably be like, what are you, this guy's challenging me. You're like, man, like, do you really, like, mean that? Like, why do you think that? And he's going to, and if they are really racist or thinking that way, they might say a general thing like, oh, all natives are this or all black people are this. And then you say, you know, really, man? Like, do you think all Muslims are like that or all natives like that? Every race, culture, religion has bad people. Hmm. We all, but there's predominantly good people, right? So everybody wants to focus on the negative things. So you got to be ready to like stick up for your friends or people that aren't in your race when you see it happen. That's the only way it's going to change, right? Yeah, 100%. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying be a hero. Like, of course, I'd be willing to go in and maybe take a hit to help someone out because of, I'm a fighter guy, right? But that's not the goal of it. If I see that happen, I'm going to say, hey, you know, that's not, that's not all right anymore. We're not doing that. And if someone wants to get aggressive, then you just have to judge your risk tolerance. Do you want to put yourself in that situation? I know, you know, 5'8 buddy over here sounds like he's crazy, but maybe, maybe that day he's not feeling like having a physical altercation. You don't have to be a hero. You just have to go put yourself. You see someone getting racist or generalized, you go and just say, hey, I'm with them. I'm supporting you guys. I'm here. Like, this is not okay. That's happening. You got to be ready to say those things. Yeah. You can't freak out and attack them back and then beat them up worse than they would even do to you. Cause then you're right. doing, you're not helping the problem. Vice so, versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So my thing guys is what I'm wearing on the shirt. Love is love. You got to fight hate with love and compassion. You can't fight hate with hate. Cause then it just keeps going back and it's a, just a fuck you match who can hate each other more and who can beat each other up more. And the next thing you're killing each other, you have to fight it with, Hey man, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, your parents probably raised you a certain way. Like, I'm trying to understand your point of view. Let's talk about this. Let's sit down. Like, let's have a conversation. It can't be, fuck you, fuck you. You're a native. I'm white. I fuck you. And we're going to fight. That's the, it's the same old shit we've done. For yeah. Many years. yeah it's, it gets pretty crazy because, like, uh, obviously, um, I still got some family members the same way. Like, they do it, uh, <clears throat> they do it the hard way where they go. They, they still live it as Indian and cowboys. Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. at the... Uh, end of the day when we die we're all skeletons our skin color doesn't go with us that's all i say so so, uh, many, so many scenarios you can say like that it's because because yeah. it's the right answer like it's yeah if you uh, it bothers me man but like <laughs> just logical it's just logical yeah. no everybody so simple. much sense you yeah. know there's, there's a there's you know there's a native guy that's an asshole you know what there's a white hockey player that's a prick from toronto because he's a gthl asshole i met all these you know there's there's assholes everywhere, but there's 99, 98, 95% good people. We just yep. got to hold those people accountable and say, Hey, you need to change now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we got a, for after hockey question, obviously like these guys that get on like spitting chiclets or whatever, like Austin Matthews, these big guys get big money and they're kind of set for their afterlife after hockey, but you don't really hear about like the little guys who are lower on the totem pole have to grind their whole, you know, career and, what they were thinking about doing after hockey. So have you thought about what you would might get into after hockey or anything like that? Oh yeah. I'm grinding that right now. That's what gives me the, that's what gives me the stress-free approach to hockey. Now the last six years of pro hockey, I've been like, I got to play in the NHL or I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's my whole identity. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to freak out. But now, uh, I mean, my girlfriend's also, this new girlfriend's really helped me. Uh, she, I could be a shovel and shit and she'd love me. Like she doesn't care. Right. So that's a huge thing. Like she, she, I, I kind of know what life's more about now. You guys are younger. I'm 27. I think I've done some self-introspection. I'm very observant. I want to find out what life's all about. Life's not all about hockey, but you know what? It's a thing that I like to do. So 
now that I have the perspective of, oh, I don't need hockey, but I choose to play, then I can go out and just play and not worry about anything. You know what I mean? So for me, after hockey is like, I'm working on social media. I'm trying to show who the kind of guy I am. I'm trying to make a difference with activism. Um, I've done some radio broadcasting and TV broadcasting of my own team, which is funny. I was either suspended, mm-hmm. scratched, hurt, whatever. I'd go up, <laughs> I'd go up and just chirp my own teammates on broadcast, basically. That's funny. And I knew things that I couldn't share, so I had to be careful. And then I couldn't shit on my buddies too much, but I called it like it is. If I, I would, if they, if I made a turnover, and I, I, I said you made a turnover, like I got to call it like it is. So I had fun doing that. I did it on TV a bit. Um, I basically just want to like, I'm, I'm in partnership with Gillette now. So I'm making some money off the ice. I'm going to donate like a good portion to LGBTQ and stuff. And I, just, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to, I always wanted to be like social media and do that kind of thing. So I don't know what, but I'd love to just work out, train, be trained some kids at hockey or be a commentator, just do whatever, kind of just freewheel and see what I can do. I just feel like I can grow my brand to a point where people know that I'm here to do the right things to stand up for people that should, that they need to help standing up for, and then just being nice. a good guy. That's what I'm just trying to show, you know? Nice. Yeah. Well, Austin, do you have any other questions? Are you good? Um, I guess, uh, one question that I guess we, um, I was going to ask when we were talking about it, but, um, obviously other thing, another thing came up, but, you're talking about uh, your new agent or whatever. Um, obviously, NHL is your goal. Um, is there would what would be like another league that you would think of going to, and and why would you want to go to that league? Yeah, from what I've been communicated, uh, it's been communicated to me. It's either the KHL, Finland, or um, Germany for me. Germany, they still like fight a lot. Like it's not crazy, but there's a lot of tough dudes I've actually fought over there that are really tough. Nice. That'd be kind of fun. Um, KHL is obviously probably the most money, but uh, you might play in like kind of a sketchy place. I don't know. I think that, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and that's not for me saying that. I have Russian buddies that even tell me, like, don't go to these places. So, um, but then Finland sounds kind of like the best of both, where it's like gritty hockey still, but I might get to like work on my skill more. I don't know. Like, nice. Not in, kind of in between with the money, but also like living in a nice country, you know? So, Maybe I could play there until I come back here, or maybe my agent uh, gives me a shot at a camp, and I just have to train from now till December to get my skating, my hands, everything better, my fighting even better, whatever, and be ready to make a team when that next yeah. training starts. So it's kind of up in the air, dude. But uh, those would be the three countries. But ideally, I don't go. But who knows? Yeah. Do you train at like? Do you have a home gym, or are you? Uh, so I stayed at my mom's uh, for the for the quarantine, and I got some weights from the neighbors. I got like 215 pounds of weights, a couple of bars, a couple of adjustable dumbbells, and I just did my program for my trainer there. But now that I'm back in London, we train at my trainer's house at 8 a.m. We skate Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, do speed tr- speed running Tuesday, Thursday, and then I stick handle every day. And we got a good group. We got, you know, Bo Horvat, Travis Konechny, Cassian's apparently been coming out, Greg McKegg. Um, it's Ryan Suzuki, you know, it's really good group of NHLers and stuff. So we buzz around together, and um, it's really good setup. London's a sick place, boys. Like I don't know if you heard of Western Ontario. No. Like places buzzing all the time. Like the, we, there's a whole street of the bars that you can you get everything you need. It's not too big, not too small. You got some country, you got some city. Uh, good training. It's an unreal spot. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun training with a bunch of bunch of guys that can just goof around and while getting better just makes makes training so much more fun what i've experienced too 
we don't mess around out there. Like it's pretty hardcore. If you don't check your shoulder, like we're on you, we're on each other. Like why aren't you fucking checking your shoulder? If some guy doesn't check his shoulder a couple times, I'll go run him over. Like we get after it pretty good. Yeah. So that's, that's honestly what you want though. Like if you got guys who are just slacking off and shooting the shit, then you're never going to get better. That's fucking nice. Yeah, I, fucking I, this game was, sometimes they bring out uh, guys like your age and shit. And uh, this one guy was like a prep school guy. And I swear to God, our trainer told him to look, check his shoulder like five times. Like, who opens up and doesn't look up the ice to see who's coming? Like, right. dude, I can have a cage on forever. Somebody's going to break your face with a hit. So, like, he told him like six times, and he still didn't check his shoulder. I just left the line and just hit him. And I was like, this is a lesson you got to learn, bro. Like, you're going to get concussed. Like, no, this honestly. is, I barely hit you. Like, so it, it's pretty dialed how we get after it. I think you have to train like that. Back to like, no, 100%. You got to keep each other accountable, too. Or else like, no one's ever going to get better. You can dick around the end of practice, but like when it's time to that hour you're out there, like no fucking around. And that's the most fun. When it's the most competitive, that's when I have the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I play a different sport, but I feel the exact same way. And I, I always loved when coaches like fucking yelled at me, like, okay, well you're not, you're yelling at me to make me better, not to make me worse. Yeah. Like have that relationship as a friend. I don't hate coaches that are like, I'm a coach, you know, I have an ego, like Babcock and all this crap. Like I hate yeah. that ego crap. Like just, be just like one of the boys. That's the coach. That's mm -hmm. yeah. all you got to do. And apparently our coach that's in on sound now from hearing from the boys is exactly like that. He sounds like a wicked guy. Cause like you have, you, you know, just the way you want to play for a guy you want to go through a wall for. And then when he calls you out, you're like, shit, you know, I know he wants what's best for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anything specific you want to add? Any? Not much. I mean, you guys seem to have, you know, see what else guys you can get on here. It seems like you kind of like, this is what people want is authentic stuff right like yeah it's good to have a scripted interview and all this stuff but when you just no. like real a bunch of hockey boys like that's what people want to listen to so keep that authenticity going yeah and uh obviously like we're not trying to be like a spit and chicklets knockoff right we're trying to you know just honestly we weren't even we were playing fucking video games and we we're like hey, we should just do this we're in quarantine you know got nothing else to do make yeah. people happy joke around have fun you know yeah and, and this doesn't care. He's like, what does he say? Oh, he we want more people to do podcasts because that means even, the game grows. Everybody makes more money if the game gets bigger. So yeah, like, we, we even we talked to him about it too. He said, just fucking have fun, boys. Who cares? Like, no one really cares, honestly. No. And yeah, and it, I mean, if it hurts your ears, you don't really have to listen all too much. <laughs> and like, but, they, they they get the big guys, right? They get the Austin Matthews, the McDavid's, but like. We want to hear from like the the grinders, right? Like the guys who actually have to go through shit to get to where they are. Not yeah, yeah. Not to go shit, right? Obviously, they work hard and everything, yeah. but yeah, not to say that they don't work hard, but it's right. like they're they're less relatable. Like they're the right. they're the dream. We're like kind of the guys that like somehow right. made it happen, and I don't you're, even know how. You know, you're ninety percent of the world, and they're like the extra ten percent that are just fucking Sidney yeah. Crosby legs or Connor McDavid speed or something something abnormal about them that just makes them, you know, that much better than everyone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, thank you for coming on. I, I yeah, man. Big fun. thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, I uh, hopefully didn't set the bar too high here, right, fellas? Yeah. Like you, you get, you hopefully you get some – because guys don't want to talk, man. Guys don't want to talk. Guys don't want to share yeah. too many stories. Like, what's wrong with sharing a couple little stories right. where like, yeah. I have a rivalry with a guy and I kind of, like, right. chirp him a little bit? I don't hate the guy. I'd see the guy in the street and be like, let's have a beer. Like I've gone, I put a guy's, I put a guy's face like eight stitches, nine stitches and gone out with the bar and bought him beers after in Iowa before. Like that's what hockey's about. That's why we love it. Like nobody has to be so sensitive. Yeah. You can be. Yeah. You leave, you leave the shit on the ice. 
No. Yeah, and I used to not leave it on the ice because I was an immature idiot, but now I get it. Like, leave it on the ice, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. yeah All right, on, man. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem, guys. Yeah, that, was that was pretty fun. fun. I'll come Thank on you. again. Maybe next time I come on, you had a bunch of other people on, and you're bigger. Who knows? So, uh, yeah. well, we'll keep in touch for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Yeah, Thank good, you so much. Good luck with your career, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, yeah. you too.